Welcome to Jury Duty, I'm your host, Chris Terracone. Season 8 of Jury Duty explores the trial of Alex Murdoch, a member of one of the most powerful families in South Carolina, who was accused of murdering his son Paul and his wife Maggie, with the purpose of covering up a myriad of alleged crimes including fraud and homicide. In our last episode, we continued our look at the testimony of SLED digital forensics expert, Lieutenant Britt Dove, who took us through his analysis of Paul Murdoch's phone under questioning from prosecutor John Conrad. In this installment, we conclude our look at the prosecution's direct examination of Lieutenant Dove. That's all coming up right after the break. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It is just after the morning court recess on Wednesday, February 1st, 2023, day six of the trial of Alex Murdoch. As we concluded our last episode, Prosecutor John Conrad appeared to be using Lieutenant Britt Dove's testimony about data from Paul and Maggie Murdoch's phones to hone in on circumstantially establishing the time of the murders as shortly after 8.49 and 27 seconds on the evening of June 7th, 2021. We begin today with Judge Clifton Newman inviting Prosecutor Conrad to continue his questioning of Lieutenant Dove. Conrad begins the session by again asking the witness about his analysis of data from Paul Murdoch's phone, specifically the text messages from that phone. Lieutenant Dove, I'm going to circle back to what's already been admitted to States 294, uh, and this is the text message report that you produced, sir? Yes, sir. And this is under seal? And we're just going to flesh out a little bit the, that text conversation with Megan Kimbrell, just for a little more context. Lines 10 and 11, can you uh, tell us what's indicated on those two records? Yes, sir. On line 10, it shows that it was... Actually, I'm sorry, I'm going to stop you. Let's read line 11 just to keep it chronologically. Line 11 shows that it was an incoming text message on June 7th, 2021 at 8.29.06 p.m. And the message says... You didn't send me any movie recommendations. And the contact associated with that incoming text? It's from Megan Kimbrell. Okay. When was that text read? It shows that it's being read on June 7th, 2021 at 8.29, 17 p.m. Okay. Which then about 11 seconds of it arriving on Paul's phone? Yes, sir. All right, and let's look at the line above that, line 10. Line 10 shows that it's an outgoing text message from Paul Murdoch to Megan Kimbrell that on June 7th, 2021 at 8:29:36. Okay. And what does that text say? It says, "Haha, I didn't have a good one." And that's to Megan Kimbrell from Paul, correct? Yes, sir. Paul's correct. thing. Let's look at lines 9 and 8. Line 9 indicates that it was a text message sent from Paul Murdoch's phone to Megan Kimbrell on June 7th. 2021 at 8:29:48 p.m. and it says Will's Mike. Uh, and that was now going to text, correct? Yes. All right. And in line eight, what does that indicate? 
Line 8 shows his incoming text message from Megan Kimbrell to, on June 7th, 2021 at 8.30, 10.00 p.m. And it says, OMG. And that was an incoming text from Megan Kimbrell? Yes. When was it read? It shows that it's being read June 7th, 2021 at 8.30, p.m. And just so the jury understands the context, those are text messages in the same conversation that they heard about uh, from Megan Kimball, correct? Yes, sir. And just to, to refresh so the circle's complete, let's look at lines five and six again. And line six is that a text that was sent or outgoing to Megan Kimball? It shows that it's an outgoing or sent text message. And what does that message say again? It says, ha ha, kidding. And then line five. What does that uh, indicate? Line five shows it is an outgoing or sent text message with a body or the text message saying, Star was born is the move. Okay. And that was at 84805? Yes, sir. And that was an outgoing text from uh, Paul, correct? Yes, sir. And then we'll, we talked about these texts, but real quickly already, at line four, at 849.29, is that an incoming text? At 848.29, it's an incoming text message. From who? From Megan Kimbrell. And that says again? No, I need something happy. All right. And then line three, is that an outgoing or incoming text? That is an incoming text message. From who? It's from Megan Kimbrell. What does that say again? It says, don't like watching sad movies. All right. And so those are both incoming texts. And when were those texts read again? They were read on June 7th, 2021 at 8.48.59 p.m. Okay. So going back to line five, just so it's clear, in your investigation, is this the last outgoing text from Paul's phone? Yes, sir. And that's at 8.48.05, correct? Yes, sir. In case that wasn't clear, the texts between Paul Murdoch and Megan Kimbrell that were sent and received between 8.29pm and 8.49pm on the evening of June 7th, 2021 read as follows. Megan Kimbrell texted, quote, You didn't send me any movie recommendations. Paul Murdoch responded, quote, Haha, I didn't have any good ones. Wills might. Megan texted, quote, OMG. Paul texted back, quote, Star is born is the move. Megan responded, quote, no, I need something happy, don't like watching sad movies, unquote, which was the last text that Paul Murdoch read at 8.48 and 59 seconds. Prosecutor Conrad next pivots back to the timeline report that Lieutenant Dove created from the data on Paul's phone. A moment ago, we were discussing State's Exhibit 295, correct? Yes, sir. And this is the timeline report from Paul's phone, correct? Yes, sir. That thick, how many hours again does that cover? I set the timeline parameters beginning at 6 p.m. on June 7th, 2021 to end at midnight um, on June 7th, 2021, but the timeline stops short of that. Okay. What time does the timeline stop? The timeline stops at 10.34.23 p.m. And I think you previously testified about that time. What does that 10.34 p.m. Uh, indicate to you? What happened at that, at that time? There was a power event. The phone had gone dead and turned off. And I'm going to show that. That's line 901, and that's the final log entry from June 7th, 2021, correct? Yes, sir, correct. And you testified. What is your interpretation of that log entry? When I looked at that, it was a power event where the phone had gone dead and or turned off because the battery life ran out. Can you tell for certain whether the phone was simply turned off or did the battery die? 
It appears from what I looked at it, the battery died. And that's line what again? That is line 901. Right. And so that means in this particular report, there's over 900 log entries, correct? Correct. In just this report. Yes, okay. sir. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Prosecutor Conrad next moves on to ask Lieutenant Dove about location data that he found in the timeline from Paul Murdoch's phone. We previously discussed a lot of what is contained in this report is location data. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Now, did you personally take all those lat longs and plot them somewhere? No, sir, I did not. But you provided that location data to other law enforcement agents or agencies, correct? Correct. Uh, and specifically, uh, to your knowledge, has it been provided to the FBI? Yes, sir, it was provided to the FBI to do some mapping with the location data. Okay. And do you recall who in the FBI did that? I believe it was Agent Wild. Well, let's let's make some general observation on what you see in that timeline. Um, we see a lot of location data. Let's take a few moments to look through that timeline, and just in an overall picture, what is that phone being generally used for? What is being done on that phone in a general impression? It appears that on this phone based off of this timeline, that there are calls being made, text messaging being done, Snapchats being utilized, social media type things with Snapchat um, and the text messaging and calls. And when you look at that usage, would you say it's uh, sporadic or, or almost continuous? Uh, it's a lot of continuous usage. Um, like I said, I pulled it from 6 p.m. and it ends at 10.34. So in the matter of about four and a half hours. Um, it's over 900 entries on here. I'm going to direct you to time uh, about 8.44. You can take a moment to find it. 8.44 p.m. I want to see if you can find, I believe there's an entry for the camera. A little after 8.44. Yes, sir, I see it. And what, what's the exact time on that? Did you see it? It says 8.44.49 p.m. on June 7th, 2021. So what, what does that camera, we'll show this uh, in a moment. What does that entry indicate to you? That the camera was being utilized. It was an application usage, so the camera was being utilized or okay. beginning to be utilized at that point. The camera was turned on? Yes. Okay. Uh, and I want you to look at the next page or maybe the page after and see if you can find a corresponding log entry that would show that the camera was turned off. Yes. The camera shows it was turned off at 845 47 p.m. on June 7th, 2021. And I believe what you're referencing, can you see that, sir? Yes, sir. And that is uh, line 820. Do you see that? Yes, sir, I do. And we see a uh, 844.49, and that's a start time, correct? Yes, sir. Uh, and we see the camera uh, turn on, correct? It shows the, the camera with application uses log shows camera. Yes, sir. And then below that, at line 822, we see some location data. Is that correct? Yes, sir, that's correct. I know you didn't plot every point on this report. Did you plot that particular point? Yes, sir. Where was that location? It was located near a red roofed building on the property 
Ellen Bazell Road. And why don't you write that time down again? 844-49. Yeah. Yes, sir. Let's look at line 828. What do you see there, sir? That shows the end time for the camera at 845-47 p.m. Okay, write that time down. I think you know what's coming. Yes, sir. How much, how long was that camera on? It went for less than a minute, about 50 seconds, roughly. Using Lieutenant Dove's testimony about camera and location data from Paul Murdoch's phone, Prosecutor Conrad lays the foundation for arguing to the jury that Paul Murdoch recorded a video with his phone camera near the red-roofed kennels on the Murdoch's Moselle Road property during the 48 seconds between 8.44 and 49 seconds and 8.45 and 47 seconds on the night of the murders. Conrad next leads the witness through a series of questions apparently intended to remind the jurors that Paul Murdoch read his last text message on that phone just 3 minutes and 10 seconds after recording the video. I'm going to hand this report back to you, and I'm just going to have you again look through it and see if you can form an opinion. Uh, starting at, remember the text series we just went through with Megan Kimbrell and the text from Rogan at 849.35? 849. All right, I have it. All right, uh, so starting with uh, with the red text from Megan, which were read at 8, I believe, 4859. Why don't you go ahead and review the rest of that report, and I want you to tell us, jury, whether you see anything in that report that would indicate to you that that phone is being actively used by a human being. No, sir, I do not. And you previously testified that Paul's battery was at 2% at approximately 849 p.m., correct? Yes, sir. But you testified that the battery actually didn't die until 1034, correct? Yes, sir. Correct. Almost uh, a little over an hour and a half later, correct? Yes, sir. And would that indicate to you, in your opinion, that that phone did anything except for some potential minor movements than just sit in a single location that entire time? Correct. I see no other movement on there, recorded steps or applications being used, such as social media. Which brings me to this. I'll show you States Exhibit 296, if you recognize that, sir. Yes, sir, I do. All right. And what is that? This is an Axiom report that I prepared from Magnet Forensics, um, recording the health database for Paul's phone. And it's not a state Exhibit 296. Uh, let's look at a few of these. Okay. I'm going to show you record 43 and 44. Do you see those, sir? Yes, sir, I can. All right. And what do those two records indicate? Uh, let's try to keep the chronological. So start with 43. 43 shows that the phone recorded 105 steps. Starting time was June 7th. 2021 at 6:54:21 p.m. Ending time is 7:03:49 p.m. And record 44. What does that indicate? Record 44 shows that the phone recorded 208 steps. Start time of June 7th, 2021 at 7:14:13 p.m. Ending at 7:22:19 p.m. All right. Uh, record 45. What does that indicate? Record 45 shows steps recorded on the phone of 139 starting June 7th, 2021 at 7.25.03 p.m. and ending at 7.34.47 p.m. Record 46, what does that indicate? Record 46 shows the phone recorded steps of 171 beginning June 7th, 2021 at 7.35.10 p.m. and ending at 7.41.43 p.m. Record 47, what does that indicate? 
Record 47 shows steps recorded on the phone of 89 beginning June 7, 2021 at 7.45.27 p.m. and ending at 7.55.11 p.m. All right. Can you see uh, record 48? Yes, sir. It says steps were recorded on the phone of 140. Start time is June 7, 2021 at 8.15.55 p.m. and ending at 8.21.45 p.m. Record 49. Record 49 indicates that 283 steps were recorded by the phone beginning June 7, 2021 at 8.32.25 p.m. and ending at 8.42.11 p.m. And I, there's a couple entries after this, but chronologically, I'm going to have you review this. They occurred prior to 8.42, correct? Yes, sir, they do. All right. Record 50. In 51, what times did those steps occur at? Record 50, the time started was June 7th, 2021 at 8.05.46 p.m. and ending at 8.15.24 p.m. Record 51 shows starting time of June 7th, 2021 at 7.55.44 p.m. and ending at 8.05.28 p.m. So chronologically speaking, those two uh, events occurred prior to record 49, correct? Yes, sir. We'll go back to record 49. I'm going to hand the report back to you. Testify. Those steps ended at 842 uh, and 11 p.m., correct? Yes, sir. Correct. They ended at 842, 11 p.m. All right. And I'll give you a moment to review your report if you'd like. Were any other steps recorded on Paul's phone after 842, 11 p.m.? No, sir. I did not see. So after 8.42.11 p.m., did Paul's phone move it to any significant degree, in your opinion? In my opinion, I did not see any steps recorded on the phone, so it was not in motion or somebody moving it um, or holding it and moving. Now, you testified that the steps aren't necessarily 100% accurate, correct? Correct. So is it possible the phone moved a short distance during that time, correct? Correct. And they, a few steps may not, may or may not have been recorded if the phone had been moved. After 842.11, correct? Correct. It's possible. Uh, but in your opinion, was it was that phone walking anywhere any significant amount of distance? No, sir. I did not see any recordings of that. And it's tough to quantify significant, isn't it? Yes, sir, it is. And I'm not going to ask you to give us a, a precise number because do you know a precise number? No, sir, I do not. But in your opinion, can that move, phone move a short distance and not record steps? Yes, sir. Since it's not 100% accurate, may have one or two steps that don't get recorded. Um, usually, if it's a large amount of steps, if you're 15, 20, 30 steps, it's going to record that. With the witness having established that there were no steps recorded on Paul's phone after 8.42 and 11 seconds on June 7, 2021, Prosecutor Conrad pivots back to data from Paul's mother's phone. Let's talk about Maggie's phone real quick. And you previously testified that you saw that orientation change on Maggie's phone between 9.06, it starts at 9.06, 12 p.m., correct? Yes, sir. And it ends at 9.06, 20 p.m., correct? Yes, sir. All right, and that indicated you previously testified that someone had that phone in their hands during that time, correct? Yes, sir. However, uh, you also testified that uh, there is one other possibility that could explain how a orientation change could record on a phone, correct? Yes, sir. If it fell like down steps or something like that, it was on. Uh, and you also, I believe, testified that if a phone tumbles end over end in some way, that could potentially record uh, orientation change, correct? Yes, sir. If the phone's on. I'll leave the witness. 
Prosecutor Conrad absorbs the gentle admonishment from Judge Clifton Newman to refrain from asking the witness leading questions and rephrases his query. If a phone falls and tumbles end over end, could it potentially record an orientation change? If the phone is on and unlocked, it can record the orientation change. If the phone is thrown and tumbles end over end, could it record an orientation change? It would be hard to do if it's off. If the screen displays off and it's not unlocked, it would be hard to record that. In theory, it is possible. In theory, I'm sure it's possible, yes, sir. And in your opinion, is that likely? Usually when phones, if you're holding a phone, um, you take your phone, unless you move it, if you take your phone and it's sideways and you lay it down on the table, it's not going to record an orientation change. If it's in portrait mode and you set it straight down and don't turn it over the end, it's not going to record the change. But it is possible. In your opinion, if someone throws a phone with no other um, manipulation, could it be thrown a short distance without recording an orientation change? Yes. All right. Now, one thing we haven't talked about with Maggie and Alex's phone is one other review you've done with these phones is those phones have a lot of photographs and videos on them, correct? Yes, sir, correct. And you've reviewed, uh, I don't know if you've reviewed them all, but have you reviewed a substantial portion of them? Yes, sir. All right. And did you find anything on Maggie's Alex's phone that was relevant to the investigation on at least on June 7th of 2021. Yes, sir, I did. On, on Maggie or Alex's phone? Oh, I'm sorry. No, not on Maggie or Alex's okay. phone. At least in relation to, to the events of that night, was there anything recorded on Maggie or Alex's phone that was relevant that you found? As far as video recordings or photograph recordings, no. Okay. Paul's phone, did you conduct a similar review? Yes, sir, I did. And did you find anything that you considered relevant to what occurred? On the night of June 7th at Mozilla. Yes, sir, I did. Uh, and in fact, we've already referenced it, haven't we? Yes, sir. Uh, when we looked at Paul's timeline, we saw an entry of Paul's camera coming on, correct? Yes, sir. And I think you wrote the time down, uh, but if you can't find it, we can get the report out again. Well, what time did that camera come on? At 8.44.49. And how long was that video again? It was roughly 50 seconds. When did that video end? At 8. 45, 47. And you're certain about that? Yes, sir. Why are you certain about that? Because I reviewed the video for looking at the length of the video. It compared it to the length of the camera time that was on. Also, too, there was data recorded in the video because it was taken with a phone that had GPS coordinates along with a description of the phone that took it. And you're telling this jury today that you're certain that that is when that video was recorded on Paul's phone? Yes, sir. And as we referenced, when we we're looking at that timeline, there's location data associated with that video as well, correct? Yes, sir, correct. All right. And where did you plot that location? It plotted to Moselle Road to near a building that had a red roof on it. After reminding the jurors of the location and time that Paul Murdoch recorded a video on his phone, Prosecutor Conrad uses Lieutenant Dove's testimony to introduce one more piece of evidence. I'm going to show you what's been marked as State's Exhibit 297. Do you recognize it, sir? Yes, sir, I do. What is that? It is a CD that contains a video on it. It says Kennel Video has State's 297 on there, along with my initials and the date of 1-30-23. And have you reviewed the contents of that CD? Yes, sir, I have. What is the contents of that CD? It is a video I found on Paul Murdoch's phone. The video looks like inside maybe a kenneled area with a fence around it and a dog, I believe to be a lab, um, where he's trying to take a video of the tail of the dog. And that's what you see in that video? Yes, sir. 
What do you hear in the video? You hear three different voices in the video. You can tell because they're so different, you can tell that they're different voices. Now, are any of those voices known personally to you? No, sir, they are not. All right, and at this time, the state's going to publish that video. It is not under seal. Prosecutor Conrad starts the video. In it, we see Paul Murdoch's hand open and enter a kennel cage with a large brown dog and hear Paul telling the dog to, quote, get back. The camera records the brown dog's tail as we hear Paul say, quote, quit it, Cash, and, quote, come here, Cash, to the dog. Get back. Get back. Get back. Get back. Next, we hear other voices in the background referencing another dog named Bubba. The first is a female voice, presumably Maggie Murdoch, saying, quote, Hey, he's got a bird in his mouth. Then we hear another male voice appearing to express his displeasure at what he sees by lamenting, quote, Bubba. Next, Maggie says, quote, It's a guinea. And then we hear Paul's voice say, quote, It's a chicken. Hey, he's got a bird in his mouth. Bubba. Hey, Bubba. We next hear the other male voice shout, quote, Come here, Bubba. Come here, Bubba. Seconds later, the video ends. Prosecutor Conrad asks the witness one last question. What time is that video recorded again, Lieutenant Dove? The camera begins at 8.44.49 p.m. And ends when? at 8.45.47 p.m. Nothing further from state. With the conclusion of Prosecutor Conrad's direct examination of Lieutenant Dove, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Alex Murdoch. Please join our next installment as we begin our look at the defense's cross-examination of Lieutenant Dove. Also, check out the Crime Story podcast, Night Raid, wherever you get your podcasts. And, if you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created and produced by Carrie and Tholis. It was co-produced and edited by yours truly, Chris Terracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty.